and a one and a two and a one two three four. Lisa, it's your birthday. God bless you this day. Happy birthday, Lisa. Lisa, it's your birthday. Happy birthday, Lisa. I wish you love and goodwill. I wish you praise and joy. Thank you, thank you, yeah, you, you can go now. I understand this was super painful because it's actually in like four days, but yeah. Oh, hi, didn't see you there. Look at this old thing. Oh, gotta change. I'll be just a second. Any sign of habitation? Not so much as a... Whoa there, horsey. What the? Cute. What is it? Oh, it's cute, all right. It couldn't be... Mars Lander, what's happening up there? Everything about today's video. Okay, I would highly suggest you transfer to a visual platform, meaning YouTube. Click the link below if you have just tuned into the podcast. Yes, this is still my end. This is still by all means necessary. And yes, I am moving to to visual medium, but this particular one, you kind of need the visuals to, to get the joke. And the joke is as always me, myself, yeah. This case is not about me though. I'm just dressed in a costume and I have tried my very best. I have tried this wig about six times. So this is the best that I have gotten. Imagine how bad the rest of it was. Cool. Also, as you can see, I'm not very used to makeup, so I might be looking like I'm crying during this whole video. It's epic. It's it's great. We're talking about probably the most serious topic that I have spoken to about on this podcast. And yes, I have just covered like three serial killers. And yet somehow, if there has ever been a by all means necessary topic on this podcast, it is this one. We're talking about free Britney movement today. And no matter what kind of relationship you have with Britney, whether it is simply that you have once shared her gift, usually the one where she's like squinting and having a what the fuck moment on X Factor, which she had plenty of, or if you are a diehard Britney fan, or if you hate Britney, the topic of today is important. And if you're in the category where you are a diehard fan, I would suggest not having like any sharp objects, anything that can hurt you nearby, because um, this episode will piss you off on so many levels. As I know, People might click on this episode just because they're interested in Free Britney and maybe they're not the regular podcast listeners. And for you guys, I kind of have a what to expect out of this episode. So you immediately know what you're going into. So I will go into details of what conservatorship is. Then I will go through the timeline of Britney's conservatorship herself. So since 2008, all the way up until now. And for that, I couldn't have done it without FreeBritney.net. So a lot of it, people are going to be like, yo, did she plagiarize from it? A lot of it is a timeline from there with like bits and pieces from obviously different articles. Then I'm going to go into why she's still under it, why she shouldn't be, what would happen if it was to be lifted, where we stand today, and then discuss her background. So like, how did we even get to the conservatorship stage? And then go into the motives behind the conservatorship. 
So without further ado, because this includes legalities, I'm going to read parts of this because I don't have a laptop on today for some fucking reason. Okay, here, what's up? Wig, chill. So what is a conservatorship? It is a concept that's called guardianship as well. And it's a concept in the US where somebody basically takes over all of your affairs. So this is usually either due to mental illness or old age or just incapacity to take care of yourself. But in all the sources that I have read, this is very last resort. So it's very much not sort of done and not done for this long as it is done with Britney. And the role can vary, so the conservator can actually take and have different roles. So basically, they can just take care of people's estate or in finances, or they can take care of every single part of their life. What people don't focus on about is that conservatorship is usually implemented in two cases. So either you're too young and you're under the age of 18 and you have some disabilities and can't take care of yourself, or you're on the other spectrum, you're elderly and you have different mental illness, or again, you are too elderly to be taking care of your finances, you have dementia, certain things. So again, Brittany doesn't fit any of the two. And in California, the legal test is super high. So the person needs to not be able to provide for the basic needs like food, clothing, shelter, or to be incapable of making medical decisions for themselves. And for financial decisions, the requirement is that the person needs to be unable to manage financial affairs or resist undue influence. And through all of the documents that I have seen, like there are core documents that are available online, this is what they managed to prove for, for Britney in particular, because on all of these documents, every single thing is broken down. From how much they charge for her taxes, to how much they charge for their dry cleaning, and just laundry, car insurance, like petrol, literally every single thing, because they have, her dad has taken control of everything. I cannot and will not stop touching this wig. Like, this wig is part of who I am right now. I'm gonna sleep with this wig, listen. So how did we get here? The year is 2007. Piece of Me is on your radio while everybody's talking about Gimme More MTV performance. Meanwhile, the singer is going through the worst crisis of her life. This crisis will result in her not being able to make her own decisions 12 years after date. This is the story about Free Britney movement. So yes, today you are going into the shores of nobody else but the one and only Britney Spears. And you have just been through the worst. I'm gonna try to put like certain footage in this video, but this, for those of you who don't remember, was paparazzi era. Like they were, and there was no control. Like right now when you see paparazzi pictures, it's sort of like from a distance. It's like, okay, cool. Somebody's clearly spying on your property, but they have so many more restrictions right now. 
back then, literally the footage that I have seen, like they are in her car. Like if her window is kind of like just open a bit, they are right there. They're literally like the camera is right there. They're seeing everything in her car. They're in her face. They're following her from grocery shops. They're literally like she's on a checkout. The paparazzi is literally like the distance between this camera and me, probably even closer. So we have all seen the footage of Britney just absolutely losing it, smashing the paparazzi with an umbrella, driving with her son on her lap, famously shaving her head on television. And this paragraph has said uh, famously as well, speaking in British accent. And I did not remember this until I have looked it up and boy... <laughs> Boy, this is that scene where I told you, like, paparazzis were quite literally in her car. Hey, Britt, you remember this, though? I hurt myself. Now I can't find my uh, keys in my car. Your car is running. Your car is running. Oh, it is? Yeah. Look hey. at you. Are you okay? You're fine. I want to cry. And yes, weirdly now she's just like, hey, how are you guys doing? And then she starts speaking in British accent. And then they continue to follow her to a grocery store. So honestly, I think any single person would have snapped. Like, if just imagine paparazzi being right next to you constantly, wherever you go. You could not leave a house without people being right in your face with the cameras. You would have snapped you. You would have probably picked up the first thing that's close to you and just like lost it on them because there was just no regulations towards it. And I hate that everything was portrayed like it's not paparazzi's fault. It's like Britney's own fault that she just couldn't deal with it and she snapped. But the biggest trigger in my eyes was the fact that she filed for divorce from Kevin Federline and she has lost custody of her kids. And that was her lifeline. So now she's just snapping and everybody paparazzi are following her she's completely in this mindset of like I don't have control over my life any longer and this is when she's hospitalized under 5150 hold and that means that she was involuntarily brought to like a mental facility this is when her dad, Jamie Spears, files with Los Angeles Supreme Court to keep her there and for files for a temporary conservatorship. Notice the temporary in it. So immediately they involved LAPD and they have splashed out around 25k just to sort of control the paparazzi for the roadblocks, everything around the hospital, to be as contained as possible. So Jamie was in charge of that with the Supreme Court LAPD. This was in January 2008. Jamie isn't wasting time. He is immediately trying to eliminate the bad influences from her life, which honestly is probably the only good thing that came out of this conservatorship. The fact that he immediately filed a restraining order against Sam Lofty, who was just her manager, but was also her kind of like clubbing partner. This guy was just complete bad influence. There are multiple reports that I have read where Sam would kind of ring paparazzi and be like, hey, Britney's gonna be here, be there, and bring like 10 of you kind of thing rather than just actually trying to do the opposite of that because she's anyways followed everywhere by the paparazzi so he was kind of like heavily influencing her mental health in general. Also in February this petition was granted and I'm just gonna read parts of this declaration by Jamie Spears. So this is like additional declaration in support of a petition for appointment of temporary conservator just because it's this so painful when I read this. So he basically submitted his conversation with Britney once she was held in the hospital just to sort of prove like how mentally incapable she was. But it just sounds, I don't know, Leo, let me know what you think about it. I think it sounds kind of staged to begin with. 
I mean, it kind of sounds like a five-year-old talking to to her dad, and I just genuinely don't believe that Britney was ever at that stage. Just because we'll discuss later where she proceeds after this hold in the hospital. So at approximately 2.30 p.m., Lynn called me from the hospital and told me that Brittany wanted to talk to me. Lynn put Brittany on the phone. Brittany asked again when I was going to go- get to the hospital to see her. She said, hurry up, daddy. And now when he is in the hospital, he said to her, I love you. And Brittany kind of turned around and said, you don't. He invites the doctor into the office to kind of explain that he is not the one keeping her here. Doctor kind of says, like, it's the hospital that's actually keeping you here. And then she says, come on, daddy, let's go. Let's get out of here. Take my hand and let's walk out here together. And then he says, do you want me to help you get your babies back? And she said, no, I have new lawyers that will help me with that on my end. They will help me with my stuff. And then her dad is kind of explaining, like, it's different lawyers. This is for your custody, like, you need ones for your kids. And she's saying, no, I have fired those lawyers. And then it goes to say, like, oh, yeah, Sam Lutfi, Sam Lutfi actually did her, like, some wrongdoing and has actually taken something wrongfully from her. And then it's, like, the swearing that he's telling all the truth and stuff. And I don't know what you think about this, but when I first read this, I was like... <laughs> Kind of sounds to me, just because I cover, again, a lot of true crime cases, kind of sounds like when the police is putting words into your mouth. Like, I get that he is explaining, you know, the lawyers and the procedures, there's two lawyers, but it's kind of like, hey, do you want me to do this? It's leading to questions that are to be answered yes or no, right? So it's not asking a question like, hey, what should we do about the kids? What do you want to do where somebody would actually think of an elaborate response, right? It's giving somebody the option to answer with a yes or no, which immediately is kind of making sure that that somebody appears of not so great of a mental state or just like a lower intellectual level of like lower, lower age, whichever way you want to see it. And it's kind of the tactics that people use in police interrogations. That's why I found this so sad, but also so bizarre, because I don't think people talk about it enough, because it's immediately as if, like, okay, she's hospitalized because of everything that's happening in her life, but why are we, like, degrading her to something that she isn't immediately, straight up from the point, just because she is on this hold? It's supposed to be temporary, right? What particularly bugs me with this case is everything that happened in February. So it's like, cool, you know, let's say, you know, you are a dad, like you are Britney's dad. She is being held at this mental health institution. You obviously are kind of like, okay, cool, this is an emergency. Getting rid of the battle influence in her life, filing for conservatorship, cool. But it seems like all of the focus is going into that. So trying to extend her temporary hold, which was done in February as well, then trying to file for conservatorship and extend it with additional powers. Again, meaning like, hey, I'm not just um, not just taking care of your affairs and finances, but every single aspect of your life. It, but people have judged this because he also was at the same time doing catering for a Super Bowl that was happening that year. And then he would kind of go to UCLA and like visit Britney. So everybody seeing this is like, okay, like where are your priorities? Like, are your priorities 100% with her mental well-being? Or are you more focused about all of this lawyer documentation stuff and actually getting even more and more control over this? So in February also, Judge Riva Goetz accepted the declaration that 
Britney was unable to attend any hearings and lacked any capacity to hire her own attorney. This is where it all begins, and Britney will not attend any of these hearings. So again, further sort of going into their argument that you know, she is still mentally incapable of making her own decisions, so she can't hire her own lawyers, etc. Trust me, researching this was a bitch because every single day something new will pop up. Free Britney was actually trending on Twitter a couple of days ago when I was researching this. I'm recording it on Monday. I will include what that statement was. It's basically like a small victory for her. But literally, she is on TMZ every freaking day. She is in the news every day on Twitter trending. Something is trending. And it's just making up like what is actually true and what is kind of like conspiracy theory. <laughs> And the extension that the conservatorship maintained the authority of Andrew Wallet to control all of Britney's finances and of Jamie Spears to both control Britney's finances and her person. This is when another conservator, so like a co-conservator, comes into the picture. And his name is Andrew Wallet. There are going to be a few of them, but Andrew Wallet was her co-conservator all the way up until 2019. So Andrew Wallet and Jamie Spears kind of both take control. So Wallet controls all of Britney's finances, and Jamie is to control both the finances and her person. Jamie's powers in 2008 and from 2008 onwards, including restricting and limiting visitors by all means necessary... Anytime I get a chance. Approve and attend any meetings with her court-appointed attorney. Retain caretakers and security guards 24-7. Prosecute restraining orders. Access to medical records and just her whole medical history. Which again, one thing people don't talk about is, as I mentioned, Brittany hasn't attended any of the hearings, but we know that her dad is the one to approve of anything to do with her lawyers as well. So does this... There's sort of... It's two versions of the story, right? It is Britney might be actually mentally incapable, like, and still can't actually even choose her own attorneys, talk to them in all these legal terms and understand her own case. And then there is the case where, well, she's not actually attending court because somebody else is making these decisions for her. So why doesn't that person allow her to actually choose her own lawyer and her own team? So on February the 7th, 2008, Brittany was released from this hospital and she drives herself home. Again, if you think that somebody has been downgraded to that mental state that they can't make their own decisions, then you know that they're going to be followed by paparazzi. Is it the healthiest thing? Are they capable to drive themselves home? And this next paragraph is probably one of the most frustrating things that I have seen. So in March, immediately, like she was hospitalized in January. They are just moving. Like this is a business deal for them. And this is why like when I'm going through this timeline, it might even sound boring. It might just sound like, hey, I'm stating facts. And that is because this was technically a business deal. It was just like lawyers, something transferring finances, who is paying what, all of these documents with like broken down finances. Technically, nobody's like, hey... Her mental health. What is she suffering with? No, you can't find that. You can find how much she pays for dry cleaning, but no, you can't find out her actual mental state of mind. Basically, this paragraph is that on March the 10th, 2008, Brian Spears, so her brother, and Ivan Tabak transferred Britney Turinging to Andrew Wallet and Jamie Spears as Britney's co-conspirators. <laughs> co-conspirators. <laughs> as Britney's co-conservators. The four men determined jointly that it would be in the best interest of the trust, the conservatorship estate, and Britney for the co-conservators to own her touring company. I love how it's the four men 
who yes, two of them are related to Britney, but still, it's the four men making decisions for a woman. Like, where are we? What century are we in? Is this Handmaid's Tale? Are we just stuck in the freaking Handmaid's Tale constantly? They say this is urgent because they've got bills to pay, business to attend to, ongoing litigations, taxes to file. So this is urgent, so they were to skip the 30 days prior notice to that that hearing would kind of have. Which again means if it's urgent to transfer the touring, that means you think she is capable to tour and you're going to send her on the tour that same year while she's not capable of doing anything else. But what she's capable on filling arenas of thousands of people. Seems legit. Seems like a completely logical conclusion that these four men have made about the woman. I love it. I love it. And according to their accounting, a total of almost $4 million was transferred from SJB Revocable Trust to the conservatorship between February and June, so straight up in the first couple of months of that year. And this is because, well, as we know, live performances in any category for any artist, including podcasters, are the ones that bring most revenue. So, you know, fuck the merge and the ads, they bring stuff, but it is the live performances that bring the most money. And in May 2009, the co-conservators Jamie Spears and Andrew Wallet fire the first accounting document. Sort of like the breakdown thing that I have mentioned that is foundable on the internet. And Britney's estate costs at the time included four million, so over four million in accounting and legal expenses, such as payments to the conservators and their lawyers, because of course they're all on the payroll. Meanwhile, Britney is given a weekly allowance of one thousand five hundred dollars. Like it's one of the richest pop stars at the time. She's having to what? I mean, I know, I get that. I get that. That's not little. Like, I understand, like, some of you, you know, might be earning that much a month for less than that a month. Like, I get that that's not, oh my god, drastic. But if you think, like, you are technically, what, in prison? What can you even spend that money for? Because every single thing is controlled. So you can't just be like, oh yeah, I'm, hey dad, I'm gonna go out and splash this on something of my choice. No, because, see, he's gonna have somebody follow you. He's gonna have, like, bodyguards follow you to, to there. So you technically don't even have the liberty to be like, okay, cool. You know how when you have a payday, you go out, you splash your money without any worry in the world. You don't have to report to anybody or what you're spending that money on. However, this is when this Professor McGovern kind of gets involved. This is like a random person, not somebody that's like involved with Britney's from the with Britney's conservatorship from the get-go. It's just somebody who is kind of qualified in that area and said that her rights were violated from the get-go, from how this conservatorship was set up. And that is because we always return to that main thing, that is the right for her to choose her own counsel. And California's probate code, so one of these codes that the conservatorship is under, also needs to allow conservators to accommodate the desires of the conservatee. So if she says she wants to choose her own lawyers, which we know is true even from that statement that Jamie Spears has submitted that I have read some parts about, because while they have tried to set it up so that she doesn't apparently understand that it's different lawyers, it's kind of he is also denying her the right to choose her own because she said no I fired these like yep let me find other ones and he's more like wording it do you want my help you know to bring your babies back or whatnot so this professor is basically saying no this is violating her laws and there is this great uh, twitter account that I'm gonna put screenshots from you know how all these legal documents have it's like 1.5 this is the statement like 
point one point five, like one point five on on the page two hundred. I can't even fake quote shit for fuck's sake. But yeah, basically saying like everything is either a right violation or illegal. States it was illegal for her to be just brought to the hearing or for her case to be brought to hearing without giving her any notice. She was given no reason for dispensing this notice. And then the right violations, which are that, you know, the right to choose her own counsel and to appear in the court and be heard once her counsel was chosen for her. Basically saying like this is illegal from the get-go. However, this never actually overturned the conservatorship. And this reminded me of a case I covered for Last Meals, which was on a domestic terrorist, Timothy McVeigh. And I kind of googled when I was researching that case. I was like, okay, cool, because from what we see in series and movies, even, you know, terrorists, domestic terrorists, they don't get the right to counsel. And they don't get the right to the unpaid counsel, so, like, the free stuff that you get, like, once you are, you know, basically in prison, it's like, okay, cool, you get the right to have, like, the court-appointed lawyer, which is usually somebody green, and they're, like, 20 and came out of some bogus private law school. Where am I going with this? But (laughs) even Timothy McQuay got paid legal counsel, and this guy was super fucking keen on representing him. So I'm thinking, like... (laughs) I know that this is pushing it and this is super drastic, but but we are saying even terrorists can get the right to counsel somehow. And the person who is a pop star, who is loaded, who is super famous, can't because, again, somebody owns that right for her. But on the basis of it, it's also illegal because she should be able to choose who she is represented by. So from the get-go, this is just, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense how this is not when it stops. Like 2008, people have figured this out, they have filed suit, and the conservatorship is never overturned on that basis. Other things that happened in 2008 is that her father gets paid. From what I've read, I can't actually find, like, Jamie Spears' net worth or, like, how much he actually gets a year. But I think for that first year, he got, like, paid a million. Meanwhile, Britney is there on what? (laughs) Trying to do math in my head. What, 6k a month? On what, 70,000 a year? Possibly 70, 80,000 a year? I can't do quick math for shit. Um, But yeah, he also kind of, like takes away that restraining order against Sam Lofty. Instead, court orders Britney not to make any contact with Sam Lofty. This is also when the probate conservatorship is made permanent. What it means is, so California Probate Code 1801 states that a conservator of the estate may be appointed for an individual who is substantially unable to manage his or her own financial financial resources or resist fraud or undue influence. You're like, what the fuck is undue influence, Maya? You mentioned it like twice now. So in California, the definition of undue influence is contained in the Civil Code 1575, which was enacted in 1872, a date which calls into question its application in the 21st century. Yes, we're applying laws to Britney, who is like a pop star in the 21st century. It came about two centuries ago. Are we seriously forever stuck in Handmaid's Tale? This reminds me of what's happening currently in Poland right now, by the way. This is why everything was pissing me off about this case, because certain things about it are so current. Well, beginning with the conservatorship. But, like, Poland abortion rights, I don't know if you're following, but basically people, even if they have any complications with their fetus, can't have any abortions now by people. I mean, women. I mean, we are just stuck in Handmaid's Tale. So they have to 
they cannot have abortion for any reason, technically, legally. And if they were to have like any complications, they still need to give birth to a fetus. And then the fetus is eventually going to die anyways. So they just have to have a stillbirth regardless. Which I'm just like, who is deciding? And again, it's like four men sitting in the room making these kind of decisions. Because this is not this decided by women. Nobody convinced I don't have to look this up to even know that these decisions have been made by men. Just like in this case. It's like patriarchy fucking ruining the world all over again. So just to put things into perspective, obviously this turned from temporary to a permanent thing. And in 2019, Andrew Wallet resigned as the co-conspirator. We're gonna go into why he might have resigned as well. But just to give you an idea of what Jamie Spears can control. So he has even the power to decide what visitors Britney has, as well as to negotiate her career decisions. Which again, conspiracy theorist or not, you might be thinking, why was her last tour cancelled? Was it really his health and like here, you know, her putting her family first? Or was it something else? He is even able to file restraining orders against those he feels in danger, his daughter. And in the event, this is so bizarre, in the event of her death, so Britney's death, he would also administer the family's assets for her children. So he is to basically decide on what her her two sons get out of her will. Which I'm just like, okay, wow, so you even thought of Britney's own death. It's like, oh, God forbid, but it's still in the law and this is conservatorship, so we have to think about everything. If there is one thing where you think somebody would respect like somebody's decisions, it is when it comes to their own children, and when it comes to will. It's it's one thing to say somebody can't actually take care of the children, so the custody is with Featherline, and she can't actually take care, she has visitations. Cool, not cool, but it's one thing to say that based on her mental health, but then it's a completely other thing to be like, no, you are the one that is the moneymaker here, but you actually can't decide what your kids get if you were to, God forbid, die. Just pisses me off this case, just on so many levels. So many levels. When Poland got involved, patriarchy on so many levels. However, what people might not know is that the conservator appointed in the probate court doesn't have legal authority to force the conservative, like Britney, to receive mental health treatment or psychiatric medications. That's probably the only good thing that I think of this conservatorship, that he can't actually just like shove certain pills down her throat or like just nobody from the conservators can. Thinking of this, he could have actually opted in for a different kind of conservatorship, which is LPS, which automatically expires after a year, which obviously, again, like that needs to be evaluated, doesn't give them complete control over Britney. But this does allow for this kind of authority. It can also be only initiated by certain government agencies. And then, yeah, he would have had like the medical control as well. So this is more, again, for people under the age of 18 or over the age of like 65 who have serious diseases or like illnesses. People who actually know this then debate like because of that involuntary hold and because that 5150 is actually known as the involuntary hold, was she actually held against her will because he technically doesn't have right to do that. And there's a thin line, but having in like taking into consideration what else he can control, it's easy to think that he would be like, well, you wouldn't actually be able to drive, you wouldn't be able to, I don't know, go to see your kids because of how many aspects he can control. So obviously then somebody like a conservator can kind of 
loop you into that world where you're like, well, I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, Z, cool. I'm just going to accept that you're going to hospitalize me and you said it's going to be temporary. So again, even if you think it must have been voluntary because he technically can't, he technically couldn't have done this even under that conservatorship back then. Well, then just imagine what else could have he forbidden her to do in order for her to actually submit herself to a mental health institution. And while she was held there, he sort of started this whole process. And obviously, over the years, what the fans, and once, once Free Britney hashtag has started, sort of like a decade ago, because if you remember, millennials, hashtags weren't always a thing. Like, they kind of started with the rise of Instagram and Twitter. So kind of like when... So yeah, really, when I was at uni, yeah, when I was at uni, maybe a bit before that, but like, it was only kind of when I was at uni and like now in the past couple of years, when a hashtag can mean something. It can mean a trending topic. It can actually influence what people see and how they perceive news. Well, with the rise of it, people actually started paying attention to what the conservators are doing and what are they saying and and doing protests based on that. 2013, when Wallet was still the co-conservator, he said that she is allowed to use the cell phone, but sometimes she's not. But he also then said that she's sometimes confused, but she's ready to perform on stage. So how is she, okay, as somebody who has gone to, to Britney's concert in, I think it was last year, well, 2019 or 18, whenever, it was before COVID, the, the time doesn't matter anymore, the time is a concept, okay. It was in the OT Arena in London, again, thousands of people, again, performance just went smoothly. Everything, the whole concert, however many songs, however, like, that repertoire was, was so for at least an hour, like hour and a half, just went smoothly. There were no glitches. There was no like, oh, she was confused on stage. Never. This is not like, I don't know, the X Factor performances where you see where people just like lose themselves, stutter. There has never been a report of a single concert that Britney has done since 2008, all the way up until now. So for 12 motherfucking years where she has just gotten lost, forgot her lyrics. I understand she's lip singing. I get it. It's like, forgot, dance moves, she's dancing in every single one of those performances. Forgot what song she's performing. Nothing where it was like, oh, now suddenly there's like 15 minutes delay between the songs, like what is happening with Britney. Nothing, ever. So, how is she sometimes confused, but then like, she can what, function completely, do all of these tours, do sometimes multiple nights in a row performing. So the internet started questioning that with the Free Britney movement. So in November of 2013, Wallet actually stated that the conservatives' business activities have greatly accelerated due to her increased well-being and her capacity to be more engaged in furthering her career activities. And now when you hear this, you're like, okay, cool, this is 2013, so they must have evaluated it. It must have been brought to court. Well, no, again, I'm going to put this Twitter account. So this Twitter is meaner free, and they have been following this through the years, and it's kind of like a great source for this episode in general. There are so many, like, fan accounts, etc., that kind of screenshot everything. But this particular one shows every ordered court hearing to show the cause of Britney's conservatorship that has been cancelled since 2016. You can see it is four years in a row when the judge Brenda Penny was presiding. And again, during this time, these conservators are saying that she is well enough to perform. She's well enough to bring in most profit she actually can, not to mention her perfumes, like how many perfumes has Britney released, how many ads for those, how many ads from like Pepsi to everything else. 
She appeared on the whole seasons of X Factor. Again, these are the shoots that last for a substantial amount of time. Never ever has there been like a complaint. And you know that these kind of things would have made the news. Where it's like, hey, Britney was incoherent. She couldn't have actually proceeded with a hearing. You know that that would be like breaking news on TMZ the very next day. Never ever. And not just that, but weirdly enough, in 2014, Andrew Wallace, so the conservator, actually filed a request for a raise. And he said, well, first of all, that nobody else could do this job the way that he did great stuff. But he also referred to Britney's career as substantial. So basically, based on her actual improvement of her well-being, that he kind of deserves a raise because there's more for him to even do. There's more math to be done, basically. There's more, like, financial calculations for him to do. So you're like, okay, cool. So you get a raise. But she is not... Her conservatorship is just not being reconsidered whatsoever. And this brings us to 2019, which is when most things happened. Free Britney was all over the place again, and just everything was raising concerns left, right, and center. Avalanche, let's say, started in August, when her dad was actually reported by Kevin Federline, who stated that Jamie was abusing one of their sons, one of Britney's kids. And okay, if your mind goes first thing to sexual abuse, it's not that kind of thing, just because if you're into true crime, that's where your mind will go first. It's physical. I don't want to say just physical, because apparently it's still physical, However, again, this was withdrawn, etc. But people have said that Jamie actually stepped away from his conservator role because he stepped away kind of in September. When was it? Yeah. So August 24th, the Federline accuses him. And September 9th, he steps down from the role of the conservator. So people are like, wow, does one actually correlate to the, to the other? Maybe you just don't want to be investigated. And maybe... Stuff that we don't know, maybe, you know, Federline was actually like, well, if you step down, then, you know, I will withdraw these charges, but kind of like working for Britney, even though, again, like, if you have ever watched Chaotic with, like, Kevin and Britney, you know that he might not have her best interest in heart, but people have heavily speculated that Jamie might have actually stepped down so that nobody kind of looks into charges of abuse with his grandson. Then Jody Montgomery stepped in as a temporary conservator. And Jody was Britney's care manager. I love how I'm putting it like, you know, entre comillas. But yeah, she was her care manager, so she just stepped in and took over from Jamie. And their excuse obviously has nothing to do with him and his grandson. They're saying like, hey, he has health issues and he needs to focus on those rather than like his conservator role. The latest we have here is, as I mentioned, charges weren't filed for Jamie for that abuse or just violence against the grandson. Um, however, Kevin managed to get a restraining order so that he can't actually see the two grandsons, so Britney's two sons. And that Britney was the one who asked him to step away from being the sole conservator of her estate. That the judge still opted to extend the conservatorship until February of next year, so 2021. So that is the latest. That was like the latest decision they brought in August because everything was postponed like February to August and now it's finally being postponed to February 2021. So that's when we'll have like the next big kind of update. And during this, so this actually happened again in October, this hearing, and the judge didn't modify the conservatorship, but she did a 730 evaluation. And this evaluation is when the authorities appoint independent experts to like investigate, report to the court, and testify about any issue. So it's kind of like evaluate, is she mentally capable to continue to see her sons can be lift this, basically. 
So that's the latest. Obviously, all of the speculations and the free Britney movement really went into power after she cancelled her domination tour last year, which was like, hey, this is due to family health issues. But people have actually speculated whether it is more to do with the conservatorships, with how her dad is acting with her sons, and there's like a bunch of conspiracy theories on that. Again, because in 2019 as well, Brittany kind of said that she has voluntarily entered the mental health facility to focus on self-care, but people have obviously heavily speculated, you know, was this, again, voluntary? Is somebody making her? How much of her life is still being controlled? It's like 2019. What are people doing with her life? And the train that I got onto was obviously these videos. I think she was publishing them yeah, on Instagram, everything. It's not the painting ones. It's the one in like the yellow top. Because I know that this is very conspiracy theory related. And it's one of those very deep dives when it comes to free Britney movements. But honestly, if you think about yourself and what you would do if you were kidnapped, held hostage, or just under a conservatorship where, yes, you can spend some money, but every part of your life is being controlled. What would you do to send signs for help? Now, I know you might be looking at this and thinking as if Britney has seen that particular comment or like those particular comments being like, oh yeah, yeah wear yellow top if you know you need help from fans. But there is a part of you that must think, what strategies would you employ? Because let's say probably somebody else, well, A, takes pictures of you, you know, twirling around, dancing around, and then somebody else must be the person posting them online on your behalf. So your only way to control any of it is to actually read some of your fans' comments and then post pictures wearing what I told you to wear. Or there is this whole thread on Twitter where she just put this quote and people have found the book that this is from. And they were like, well, if she has actually read this book, there's quite a few references of this character being under the oppressive father, the mother just being there, but never like fully involved, never present, which again, when you were looking at this case, you're kind of like, where the hell is the mother? Like, you know that they got divorced, etc. But why is she not mentioned in like all of these articles? The only time when I heard about her mom and her mom's involvement was when she has written memoir back again in 2009, something like that. Again, it's not your mom's name that you hear with every single article. So where we are at is quite honestly uncertain until February next year, whatever is decided in that court hearing. The small victory was, that was experienced a few days ago when Free Britney was trending on Twitter again was that she is actually going to be allowed to expand her legal team. So she might actually have a say for that court hearing in 2021 to actually expand her legal team and actually choose her lawyers, which, hey, legalities, it was about goddamn time because she wasn't allowed to do that for the past 12 years. People have said that's like a huge victory in terms of just the conservatorship to begin with. Now we're going to go on to different parts. For me to try to give you sort of an unbiased account. So first, let's focus on why the fans, why people behind the free Britney movement, why people have been saying that the conservatorship should be lifted. And that is that since 2008, and you remember she was hospitalized January 2008, and ever since, for the whole 2008, she continued working, not to mention after, for the, consistently for the past 12 years. So 2008, the month after she has been held under the 5150 hold, she was in How I Met Your Mother, 
she was in an episode as a receptionist. Obviously, that raised the ratings to the show, again, meaning that she was paid well for it. In September, she appeared at the VMAs, again, completely normal, did a performance, actually announced a couple of awards, won a bunch of awards herself. Then she has done, like, a documentary, Britney for the Record, that same year again, in December 2008, so that same year, Circus was released, the concept of Circus, again, being that it's a circus, duh. That album brought a circus, womanizer, if you seek Amy, which I put is the best play on words since Scrabble. Please hospitalize me. <laughs> Please just put me into a nursing home. Because my jokes for, are for those over 50 and above. Like, the fuck? But come on. If you seek Amy, oh, I vividly, vividly remember mom's personal trainer at the time. And I was like at the gym as well. <laughs> just like said his life and I was at the gym and she was like oh my god have you heard this if you seek Amy I was like yeah do you, do you know what it stands for she's like if you seek Amy like that I was like no that is not grammatically correct and I love how and she was just like no it's not and then she probably googled it next time she's like you were right and I'm like yeah I know bitch speak English <laughs> But don't you love how that was controversial? That was like the most controversial thing back then, whereas like versus now and what we find everything and everything being exposed on television. But that was like, oh my God, I can't believe she has done that. That play of words, that was so genius. And what's considered genius now, you know? Badass pussy. Okay, cool. Sure. Then she would release an album for every two years for a couple of years so 2001 gave us femme fatale which gave us till the world ends and we hold it against me and obviously my personal favorite was criminal as uh some of you though if you have gone to high school with me and you're looking at me right now like <laughs> like how that escalated <laughs> where were you <laughs> back in high school i kept britney pretty much to myself like i was not a public britney fan I wasn't a diehard Britney fan, as in that I knew all the hits, but I knew the current ones. And Criminal, I was like, yeah, this is such a, I don't know, teenage vibe of, like, falling for a bad boy. And I, I love that Britney. I love that Britney. <laughs> then in 2013, she released Britney Jean, I put, which gave us work, bitch, question mark. Because that's truly the only song that people are like, oh, yeah, I know that. Uh, what else was on that album? Yeah. Then, of course, Glory in 2016, they gave us the gem of slumber party. Come on. Freaking, she met her freaking daddy. She met Sander. <laughs> Jesus. Like, just imagine how many of you can honestly say that you have met the love of your life when you licked milk off a desk while dancing for him. And uh, this was obviously a collaboration with Inasha, as she calls her. just love Britney so much. It's insane how much I can love Britney. Okay. It also gave us No Seas Cortez, Just Like Me, oh, Just Like Me. It's just, again, this album for me was just perfect in terms of, like, visualization. As everybody knows, I'm heavy on, like, hey, imagine this, putting yourself, put yourselves in these shoes, as I did today with Britney. Or, you know, just perfectly visualizing that because you know you walk in the room and she just he's cheating on you and she looks just like you and you're like i picture this like what's the difference why are you a cheating bastard why are you choosing like a replica of me cool moving on <laughs> She also had a four-year Las Vegas residency. 
Her final performance grossed 1.1 million. She had a piece of me tour in 2018 that grossed 54 million. She launched perfume, clothing lines, landed the luxury fashion campaigns, and served as a judge on the X Factors. So you're like, hey, maybe somebody should have reconsidered this conservatorship. Maybe something should have been lifted off and changed. So now let's go into why it hasn't been lifted. Like, what would have been excuses from the conservator sides, from Jamie and from the attorneys? And for that, well, I have, I put excuses, I put it in bullet points. The first one is the, it's doing what it's supposed to do excuse. So, you know, like, you remember how I was saying, like, Andrew Wallet was basically saying, well, you know, she's performing more and more, she's in a good mental state to perform. So, obviously, people are like, okay, cool, well, if her mental health is improving, then why is her life still under restraints? And one of her lawyers said she's still at risk, and in his review of the court file and what he has seen in the media, that the conservatorship appears to be functioning exactly as it's supposed to. Basically, another like super yeah bad analogy, but let's say you take medication for, I don't know, epilepsy, and then when you take those medications... Yes, you might seem like a super functioning human being right on the streets, you know, and then people are like, well, maybe they, they stopped actually taking, having epilepsy. They like don't have seizures anymore. And you're like, no, but that's because I take those particular meds, right? Yeah, that was a bad analogy. <laughs> Nothing about epilepsy. Why have I chosen this path? Bad example, but you get me. It's like, hey, we have established this conservatorship and she's doing exactly as she's supposed to do under it. So let's proceed with it. Then, of course, the strongest one that me and other fans see is the money excuse. And that is that Spears is richer now. Since the beginning, her dad and the co-conservator has managed to increase the value of her estate to about 59 million. And that's not counting the increases in real estate values. Again, it's doing what it's supposed to do, right? Again, if she was to handle it, would this kind of thing decrease? Would she actually have been able to, I don't know, perform an X Factor, have all of these deals, have all of these ads and commercials, all of these touring shows, and actually raise her own net worth? And obviously there is the she's still ill excuse. But this, again, as I mentioned from everything, can be debunked because she has never, like, postponed anything except from this tour. But again, this tour is postponed because of her dad's health, if we are to believe the post. Then people still might think, like, well, it's just from how, you know, what she is actually posting on social media or, like, how we are actually portraying her that she might still be having certain mental health issues. To which, as I think, like, certain fans would agree, that probably is pretty controlled as well. As I already mentioned, I doubt that Britney is the one clicking post on a lot of the things online. So what would happen if this conservatorship was to be lifted? Well, it would kind of need to go step by step. Again, bad comparison, but it is kind of like getting off medication in a certain way. So California law permits less restrictive alternatives than full conservatorship. So for example, Britney could decide where to live, work, and whom to marry, but not be permitted to manage her own finances or move out of the state. Let's say you kind of lift one notch if she was to show that then she is capable to actually, I don't know, live by herself, go to shops by herself, manage certain portion of her finances, then it would be like another notch lifted, another, another and more and more autonomy would follow. But obviously, this won't happen if something isn't lifted in the first place. So, February 2021, 
Listen, next year just needs to happen for a lot of us, including Britney. Britney in particular. Now, let's talk about her background, about how did we get here in the first place. What what went wrong, truly? So, Britney was born on December the 2nd, 1981 in Mississippi, and at the age of three, she started attending dance lessons in Louisiana and was selected to perform as a solo artist of the annual recital. And since the age of eight, her and her mom, Lynn, would travel to Atlanta, Georgia to audition for the Mickey Mouse Club. And this is when she was sort of spotted and discovered by this talent agent, Nancy Carson, and Carson involved her in the professional performing arts school. Again, because we're going to talk about motives in a bit, I don't know what you think about this, but um, the angle that nobody really takes when it comes to Britney and just discussing the motives behind conservatorship is the beauty pageant angle, I would say. I don't know if you know John Benet Ramsey or Honey Boob, I mean, the whole freaking... Or if you just think, you know, those parents that are like, no, my two-year-old is vegan, you're like, no, they're not. Like, they're not bringing those decisions consciously themselves. Because again, I think there is a thin line of, you know, you encouraging your three-year-old, eight-year-old to go do these certain things, like performing arts, go into school, like you are talented, do this. And then there is one thing where you're making that into a career for a three-year-old, eight-year-old, whatever. So I think like that's kind of the undervalued thing of this, where... At what point did Lynn and James, at what point did her parents decide, like, no, this is going to be her career? Was it when she was three years old? Was it when she was in the Mickey Mouse Club? Because, because again, it's the parents that bring those decisions. It's the parents that have the power. She doesn't have the power to be like, no, like, I'm going to continue. I'm going to go to the performing school. She doesn't know what the fuck performing art school is. So when Mickey Mouse Club was cancelled in 96, she returned to Mississippi and returned and enrolled into the Park Lane Academy. And when she talked about it, she said she wanted more. She compared it to like the opening scene of the movie Clueless and said that she was bored, you know, she was playing at the basketball team, she had her boyfriend, went to homecoming, but she just wanted more. Which again... Like, I understand, like, yes, I am from a, like, small town myself, not comparing myself to Britney, but, like, from a small town myself, and I was like, I don't feel like, you know, I never felt like I completely belong there, and I'm a homebody, so it doesn't have anything to do with a small town, it's the mentality mostly. However, also, you gotta think, like, is this the influence of the parents? Because that would make the most sense. Because obviously, if you have suddenly started performing at the age of three, you went Mickey Mouse Club with, like, some kids, you were treated, you were treated as a celebrity, and now you return back to your home, you're like, I mean, I'm 11, like, I deserve more. <laughs> and this is when she was in the talks with her manager to join the female pop group Innocence. And they have submitted her singing Whitney Houston karaoke song. And I just love this, because basically she recorded this unused song of Toni Braxton, and rehearsed it for a week, then recorded it like with a sound engineer and everything, and then traveled to New York to demo it. And then when she met with the executives for these labels, well, three of them rejected her because they were like, uh, people want more like Backstreet Boys kind of sound, Spice Girls kind of sound, and they just wasn't going to be another Madonna. How wrong? Just how wrong were they? I mean, I feel like... Yes, there is never going to be another Madonna, but you know, yes, Madonna had to walk for 
Britney to be born or whatever the fuck you wanna call it, and then for I don't know Lady Gaga to come out, and I don't know who who is the the, the it of this generation because I'm fifty as I told you. <laughs> yes, I have turned fifty today. Oh boy, imagine. <laughs> After hearing the recorded material, the president of this Jive Records, Clive Calder, ordered a full album. And this is so bizarre because when I went to watch Britney, her opening act was Pitbull. And I, I love Pitbull. And like, I was like, yo, this is such a great warm-up. He's like a great hype man. But I didn't know that when Britney started, she was technically the opening act. And she was the opening act for NSYNC. And boy, the tables really do turn, don't they? <laughs> so her first album was released in January 1999. And worldwide, it topped the charts in 15 countries, sold over 10 million copies in a year became the best-selling album ever by a teenage artist. <laughs> so Baby One More Time, the single was released in October 1998. And I'm just like, God, guys, it's October now. And it was released in October. Everything is matching. Everything, this was meant to be cool. <laughs> cool, right? <laughs> Your, October, your birthday is every October, like, but okay, cool. This gave us sometimes, gave us from the bottom of my broken heart, gave us you drive me crazy, obviously, baby, one more time, which changed everything. Then Oops was released, oh, good old Oops, as a second album in May 2000, obviously sold 1.3 million copies, broke the Nielsen Soundscan record for the highest debut sales by any solo artist. She was really stronger than yesterday, guys. And then the hottest guy, <laughs> you will never convince me, that the hottest guy in every Britney video, okay, apart from Sam, Sam, forgive me, but the Don't Let Me Be The Last To Know guy, I just, I love that song, I love that song. And that on that album, the legendary knock, knock, knock on the door, lucky the most emotional connection with Lucky. Because why does she cry? She is so lucky. Everything about a Lucky is beautiful, is gorgeous, is God-given. Okay? Okay. <laughs> uh, this, this album had all the hits. Can't make you love me. It meant different things to every single person in high school, didn't it? Like, it means a completely different thing to me now when I listen to it versus, like, when I listened to it back then. But it just... Right now, I just love the songs from Britney, like, Let Me Be, Don't Let Me Be The Last To Know, because it just shows that, you know, she wanted to be this down-to-girl, she just didn't want any of this happening upon herself, man. This whole thing, this whole case does not align to me being a freaking Scorpio and just being like, yeah, have your own personality, bring your own decisions, no. Then in 2001, self-titled third, uh, third studio album, Britney, was released. She taught us what it's like to be her. She asked us to let her be. It gave us, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Everyone should... <laughs> do it, Maya, do it. You wrote the goddamn dumb script. Everyone's transition from making out to losing your virginity. Mm -hmm. Everyone, every single person listened to that and it meant, every, it meant the same thing to every single one of you, okay? I love rock and roll, which is just the ultimate, like, is this thing on? I just, I just love saying, is this thing on with, like, no connotation whatsoever. And only Britney fans understand. Overprotected, oh, my days. When I first posted Overprotective on Facebook, on, like, early Facebook days, my mom was like, are you inviting pedophiles onto your profile? Who can see this? I was like, what the fuck, mom? 
<laughs> like you have read way too much into this song that you don't even completely understand, but sure. And obviously, Britney had my favorite, which nobody knows. Why does nobody understand uh, the love for this song? Cinderella. Come on. Come on. You called her Cinderella and you thought she was going to stay around and, like, you know, clean your house and shit. No, that's not how you treat women. Understand the point of this. Cinderella is, like, the best song ever. Cinderella's gotta go. Then obviously this followed. This was followed by "I'm a Slave for You," Britney Spears' performance of the single on the 2001 VMAs, which featured a caged tiger, which was now linked to the Joe Exotic case and all of that shit, and the large snake that was just drooped around her shoulders. What a legendary VMA performance! Whatever you think about it, this shit made history. I don't care if you hate it or you love it. This shit, just the history has been made. And, like, our lives would have been a lot more different had it not been for every single thing that Britney did, okay? Okay. In 2002, she was ranked as the world's most powerful celebrity in Forbes. Then she starred in Crossroads, released in February 22, which, let's just be honest, nobody watched that movie for anything else but Britney. If you have seen that as a teenager, it was for one reason. Go, don't lie to yourself and others, please. Then 2003, again, MTV, halfway, like halfway through the performance, her and Madonna made out, and people were like, yo, what the fuck? And then they were like, oh, LGBTQ community should have rights. Again, I tell you, histories have been fucking made. Then In the Zone was released in 2003, which gave us Breed on Me. A lot of people's favorite. I, I know that a diehard, don't fucking kill me. I know that you all love Breed on Me, okay? <laughs> it gave straight people's favorite toxic that's why i'm laughing because <laughs> just no just that there's no there's straight people there's white people who know only toxic and then there's true britney fans okay but i mean the the video the student like the video and all of that iconic but there's a reason why i'm not in a toxic costume today let's just say that cool cool gave us outrageous every time which was speculated to have been a response to the recent breakup from Justin Timberlake and his Crimea River. Then the wedding I didn't even know about but in January 2004 she married childhood friend Jason Allen Alexander in Vegas but like in Las Vegas but like in Vegas Vegas in Vegas. <laughs> Can you not pronounce Vegas now? In Las Vegas, but the marriage was annulled 55 hours later following a petition that stated that Spears lacked understanding of her actions. It, it's all in the beginning, even in 2004. It was all just like leading one thing leading to the next, to give power to the man. Then in July 2004, this is the one we know about, that she was engaged to the dancer Kevin Federline. And she only met him for like three months. Then they had uh, Kevin and Britney chaotic. The first reality show that they had. The only reality show that Britney had. Which, if there's one thing with the title. <laughs> which, first of all, I went to Spain to visit my friends. Shout out to Alejandro, as I do in every other episode. But we have just spent like, instead of like going, you know, like normal people, like clubbing, going to Spain, you're listening to Spanish music. No. We sat our asses and watched fucking Chaotic up until like four in the morning. I was like, what are we doing? This is, this is chaotic. Yeah, it's a re real representation. But why is it not? Why didn't it do like Kardashians playing on letters? Why did Chaotic not have like 
okay in it. <sighs> Mistakes have been made, Kevin. <laughs> but yeah, even Britney said in the 2013 interview that this was like the worst thing for her career, which I mean, <laughs> fuck it, who am I? Who am I to spite Britney? I will never spite Britney, okay? Then in November 2004, Greatest Hits, My Prerogative, the Greatest, um, the greatest Hits compilation album was released. And finally, everything escalated in February 2006 when the picture surfaced of her driving with her son Sean in her lap instead of a car seat. She was guest starring on Bill and Grace. Then she posed nude for Harper's Bazaar, which was heavily compared to like Demi Moore's cover, but it was also like controversial. Child advocates were also on, on her freaking case because of that picture of how she was driving with her son. Then in 2007, she finally divorced from Kevin and they agreed to share the custody with the kids. That was obviously before the hospitalization, before he actually took the custody from her. Also, as if this wasn't enough triggers, in January 2007, her aunt dies from the ovarian cancer and she stays in the drug rehab facility for less than a day. And then the following night, we have that scene where she shaved her head with the electric clippers in L.A. And after that, she admits herself to the treatment facility for the couple of weeks. And in October 2007, she gives us a blackout, which, come on, give me more, piece of me. But you could kind of really see this different side of Britney and kind of see, like, what she was actually going for. But this whole thing, I put this, like, every single song of this is your sex playlist. Like, give me more, piece of me, break the ice, get naked, freak show... This whole album is just one huge sex playlist. And this is kind of like that transition of, you know, when Miley went from Hannah Montana to Miley, except this is Britney and she's a fucking living legend. Why did I just compare her to Miley Cyrus? What is my problem there? What was I going on there? But you can really see that the compiling triggers plus her just overworking herself, not saying no to any project. She was just everywhere guest starring, releasing albums every two years, appearing on MTV, on VMAs, like how much preparation went into all of that. And that all led to the point of no return. Now, what were the motives behind the conservatorship? Okay, hear me out. Yes, this is a full-on, okay? Did you not know how she looked in freaking oops? I will actually feel so weird when I take this wig off today. It's been like six hours of recording, charging battery recording. Fuck that, you're not here for that. Okay, what do I think about motives? Well, I think I have made a pretty good case for a couple of certain things. One thing is like, yep, that pageant thing, the power, the money, like all of the things why she might still be under conservatorship. One thing that I will probably implement now to the true crime cases that I cover as well, and that is that people should reconsider in certain cases, especially in a case like this, what the motivation was 12 years ago versus what it is today. So also, Jamie, don't come see me. If anybody shows this video to Jamie, show him maybe this part and then just, you know, don't sue me. It's just me kind of elaborating and maybe nobody actually, you know, kind of nudged these conservators or judges or anybody to be like, hey, no, are we evaluating this year by year? Are we evaluating this in comparison to what it was 12 years ago? And I'm not, I'm not just talking about where Britney is, what her mental state is. I'm talking about, like, 
yes, back then, I understand, like, if you, you know, I have given you now, like, sort of a background, everything leading up to that moment, you might think, like, if this was my daughter, of course, I would want her hospitalized, I would want her on the hold voluntarily or not. I'm going to take control because she clearly can't manage her life herself. Like, she has gotten married, divorced, married, divorced, lost the custody of her kids. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's checking herself into rehab. She is snapping at paparazzi, shaming her head. Cool. And you're doing this, obviously, in her best interest. But then, 12 years from then, are you still doing it in her best interest? Why are you doing it? Because now it's working out for you more than it is for her. As in, you have amassed huge wealth that you probably wouldn't have had you not been her conservator. She is still the one performing. She is still the money maker. Which means you are living a decent life. Yes, you're taking care of your daughter, but then wouldn't you have taken care of your kids anyways, regardless? So at some point, is it about the power, the control, the money, more than it is about you having your daughter's best interest at heart. I'm gonna get hated for this, yes, I know, but at some point you kind of gotta evaluate. Like, even freaking presidents are chosen and re-evaluated every four years, which I have a huge problem with again, because if you suck at your job, this is not my joke, this is from some stand-up and I can't now contribute it to a comedian, so yes, again, comment if you remember whose stand-up this was from. But what job can you have that you can suck at at, like, four years? for four years or longer. Like, what job? You can't just be a doctor at what? Like, killing all of the patients? People are like, nah, that's chill. Let him have another four years, man. Like, what? Like, well, she should expect all the patients to be alive on their shift. So if anybody, by any chance, even though I'm not, like, famous on YouTube or anything, from the co-conservators or, like, from Britney's close-knit group of friends sees this, just maybe, yes, evaluate that. Where were you 12 years from now? And... Kind of like, why are you still in it now? And maybe we should be kind of lifting the notches and giving autonomy more and more to Britney and seeing like, yes, then if something fails, then you're like, cool, completely right. You have proven the conservatorship should actually move on. But then give it certain kind of, give it a little bit of autonomy see what she might actually be able to manage. Maybe she might be able to manage it all and then just fucking lift it all and let the woman live her freaking life. Okay, <laughs> it's been hours. But what I'm looking forward to here in particular is, well, 2021 and that new hearing in February. But more importantly than that, what Britney herself and all of this, how this dynamic is going to work after COVID. So after COVID, you know, is she going to go back to performances or is all of this just going to backfire and suddenly it's going to be like, yeah, again, to the family issues, I can't go back to performances, all of that nonsense. So I'm really kind of looking forward to where this goes, although I am also scared because, well, they have avoided all the legalities somehow and haven't given her really the right to choose her own lawyer so far. So yes, I do hope that this new judge in 2021 is going to bring some motherfucking changes. But now, I don't know the better way to end an episode about Britney than re-watching this beautiful moment together. There's something I want you to have. Oh, it's beautiful. But wait a minute, isn't this? Yeah, yes it is. But I thought the old lady dropped it into the ocean in the end. Well, baby, I went down and got it for you. Oh, you shouldn't have.
<laughs> until the next Monday, everybody. I will never, ever be able to top this Halloween costume next year. Never. And I have a plan already. Never. Never. Okay, cool. <laughs> till next Monday, keep making the world a better place for Britney and for yourself. One motive at a time. <laughs> Bye, fuckers. If there is nothing missing in her life, why do tears come at night? <laughs>